0: it's very appreciated. I did find out I finally got word that uh, last week at camp there were 20 saved uh, for the week, which is a great blessing and three surrendered full-time Christian service. Hallelujah to God. Amen. All glory goes to him. That's a that's a fact and uh I heard from Brother Jimmy Carter even this morning that this, this week has kicked off really good at camp. They've already had some folks saved, and that's a, that's a blessing. So God's still in the soul-saving business. He is still in the life-changing business. And I'm thankful, very, very thankful for that. Okay, Exodus chapter 17, verse, verse number 1. The Bible says, and all the congregation... "...of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses, and said, Give us water that we may drink. Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord?" And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, "...wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock of Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the tiding of the children of Israel." And because they tempted the Lord, saying, "Is the Lord among us, or not?" <clears throat> We're continuing on in our series, the Scarlet Thread. And uh, I titled the message for tonight, "The Rock That Delivered." The Rock That Delivered. Let's pray. We'll get we'll get going. Father, again, Lord, we just ask for your power, your guidance, and everything we say and do. I pray, Lord, that you'd you'd help us. I pray that you would. Uh, I pray that you would uh, capture the attention of the hearers tonight, Lord. You're such a great God. You've done so much for us already as believers. It's truly amazing. We pray, Lord, that uh, the message tonight would be an encouragement, a help. Uh, we pray that Father, that folks would just be open to however you'd want to speak to their heart, and their response would be well, what it needs to be for you. Bless and help us now, Lord, through this message we pray and thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing and please do be seated. We know that from the beginning to the end, the Bible is all about Jesus. And we've been looking at uh, how the scarlet thread of atonement is the main story thread all the way through the Bible. Jesus Christ came with the intent, of course, of rescuing us from our sin and the effect that it can have on our lives by being our sacrifice for sins. Thank God for Him. Very, very thankful. And we can see that truth very clearly taught in the Bible, but also illustrated through the Word of God. Uh, I said 1 Corinthians 10. You've got that marked. Look over there real quick. Because it corresponds with the story that we're looking at, excuse me tonight, First Corinthians ten, verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat of that same spiritual meat, and did all drink of that same uh, all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was who? Let's try it again. And that rock was Christ. Christ. You noticed it there in your Bible. It's capitalized both times. It's just an amazing thing. Um, The rock was Christ. The Apostle Paul identifies that the rock smitten was Jesus Christ. Of course, that's a type, a, a picture of Christ. The apostle Paul identifies the rock that was smitten as Jesus Christ. So it's a reminder to us that Jesus suffered a lot of abuse at the hands of men, and, and and as well as enduring the pain and the shame that he endured on the cross. And that is what we see in the account of the people of Israel and their journey through the wilderness. They've came to Rephidim, and they faced a crisis there at Rephidim. Rephidim is at the base of the mountain range that leads to Mount Sinai. Uh, According to many, the scenery at Rephidim is is just absolutely spectacular. It's an area that sightseers wouldn't want to miss if they were traveling. But it's right in the middle of the desert wilderness. And at that time, there was, well, it says there in our text, there was no water for the people to drink. Uh, that's a pretty good crisis when you're talking about the number of people that were there. And understand this, the place where they have arrived, and you've got to get this point, the place where they have arrived was a part of the journey of Israel's obedience to God. Okay, let me say it like this. These people were right where God wanted them to be. God had led them to be at this place. Uh, but, Pastor, there's no water for the people to drink. Understood. No, no, we're getting it together now, aren't we? There was no water for the people to drink. That's right, that's right. But God led them there yeah. to that place, yeah. to that very place. According to verse number one, the Israelites arrived there according to the commandment of the Lord. It wasn't an accident, it was the will of God. Well, what are you trying to say, preacher? Look, following God doesn't always mean that we'll be free from trials. Following God doesn't always mean there's not going to be trouble in our life. Um, if Psalm thirty-four, nineteen says, "Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all." So there may be afflictions all- along the way, but we can trust that the Lord will deliver us out of all of those as we trust Him and as we follow Him. Uh, trials and struggles are among the tools that God uses to sanctify His people, to get His people where He wants them to be. Sanctification is a process that God uses to make Christians progressively more holy, more like Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus redeems us, we know that, and it brings us into a relationship with God. But we come to Him, when we come to Him, we come to Him with a lot of lingering sin in our lives that needs to be gone. Okay, we come to him, he's still got work to do. I'm saved by the grace of God. All my sin has been forgiven. I'm very, very thankful for that, but I'm not sinless. That's right. There's still work that God needs to do. There's still things that he's trying to accomplish in my life and your life, even though that we are believers, even though we have been saved by the grace of God. And trials and difficulties help us to see what is in us that still needs to be changed. God works on us like that at times. <clears throat> okay, uh, think about this. When, when, you, when you place a tea bag in a cup of hot water, boiling hot water, water's been boiled, w- Well, what happens when you do that? Well, I can tell you. Um, the water begins to change color. And then as it does, it takes on the flavor of the tea that's in the bag. Come on, I know it's not deep. That's what happens, isn't it? Absolutely so. Um, What if the tea that's in the bag is really bitter? Well, then you're going to have some bitter tasting tea. Isn't that right? No, no, no. The hot water brings out the flavor. And if it's bitter, well, then it's going to be bitter tasting So what would we, no, no, what would be the blame for the bitter taste? The hot water in which the tea is placed or the leaves in the bag? Well, it's not the hot water. It's the leaves that are in the bag that would be the cause of the bitter taste. Where are you going with this, preacher? Well, let me ask you this: When you're put into a hot water situation in your life, uh, what comes out of you? What shows up? What does it make of you? No, I think it's a really good question, and I think it's something that I mean that is very well shown right here where we are tonight. See, they had a problem with this water shortage that was... They had a problem with this water shortage that was impossible for them to meet. They they couldn't meet the water. No, 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 they they didn't have an answer for that. And here's the thing. God did not immediately give them what they needed. It wasn't an immediate thing. Verse number 3 there says, And the people thirsted there uh, for water. So we have no idea really how long this went on, how long they were thirsting uh, for water. But we do know that people were beginning to speak up about it. Come on, stay with me here. They were beginning to speak up about it. I mean, uh, there were some things going on. And no doubt children were asking their parents for something to drink. The parents didn't have anything to give their children to drink. And and the the cattle, I mean, you know, they talked about the cattle, so the cattle were lowing. And that was a constant reminder of the seriousness of the need as the cows continued to uh, to loudly announce their thirst to those that were watching over them as they were out there. And then you think about the place that they were, the, the dusty desert landscape. It offered no answer for the dry eyes and and the parched lips of the Israelites uh, out there. You know, the thing is, is that very few things reveal the condition of our heart like difficult circumstances and the necessity of waiting on God. Very few things really reveal the condition of our heart until it comes to things like this and then things come out and what comes out of our heart in such circumstances reveals what still needs to change in our life see the real problem at Rephidim wasn't the absence of water it was what came gushing out of the hearts of the people when the water was withheld from them that was the real problem that was there. Come on, God can handle the water problem, can't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And he, and he did. He, he did. It's an amazing thing. But the Israelites reacted uh, cornally to the crisis. I mean, instead of calling on God and crying out in faith to God for a solution, uh, they took their anger and their frustration to Moses. I mean their complaints were directed at Moses because Moses was in charge and and so no 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 and so they I mean they started giving it to Moses Uh, verse 2 wherefore the people did chide with Moses said give us water that we may drink Moses said unto them why chide ye with me wherefore do ye tempt the Lord Uh, uh, and so they they chided with Moses well what's that all about well they confronted him and they blamed him for their problem no they blamed Moses for their problem that they were in now come on I don't want to back up real far I'm not going to but uh, who led them there oh, yeah. <laughs> ok <laughs> uh, 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 y'all wouldn't do real well on a test would you <laughs> wouldn't do real well on a test who led them there God, God led them there that's exactly right they're right where God want to be God led them there but, but the, no, 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 but, but they, were, they were blaming Moses for this problem. And, and, and to chide, to chide means to strive with words. It means, no, no, it means to strive with words or to scold or to reprimand. And so they're scolding Moses. They're reprimanding Moses. We, we would say it like this, man, they really chewed Moses out. That's what they did. They they gave him the what for because, I mean, he should have known better than this and had them in a better place than this or whatever we might say about all that. Now, I'm saying this is very personal and this is very controversial. Um, Confrontational, uh, as demonstrated by their demand that Moses give them water to drink. You, you need to give us water to drink. There wasn't any water out there. It's like it's not like Moses was hoarding water in his tent or whatever the case may be. No, no they, and they knew better than that. This was unfair to Moses because Moses had not chosen Rephidim. God had led them to Rephidim. And this was really very, very unrealistic because they were expecting Moses, get this, they were expecting Moses to solve a problem that all of them were as equally powerless to solve. Come on, there wasn't anybody in there that could solve the problem, but they were still expecting Moses to solve the problem. And and so there's there's something going on here that's just... Anyway, so they murmured against Moses. They were venting their frustration uh, with Moses to, to one another. Verse number uh, 3 there. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses. Wherefore is, that, wherefore is it that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And so they're venting. <clears throat> Murmuring is what people do in the background. Murmuring. You know, they chided him and they confronted him, but there was others that were just murmuring in the background. No, no, as they whine and grumble and and gripe to others of their dissatisfaction, their discontent and how he's handling this and what's going on and all these different things. When people are murmuring about their problems, it's a sure indication. Listen to me, it's a sure indication that they're not looking to God for a solution. Right, Mom. Amen. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They're just wanting to vent. To anybody that listened to them. Anybody that might agree with them. Not talking to God about it. Talking to others about it. And they blamed Moses for their predicament and publicly questioned his motives. You brought us out here just so, so we could kill us out here, our children, our cattle. Or you just brought us out here so we might die. But their complaints, please get this, their complaints were a demonstration of their lack of faith in God. Yeah. Look at verse 2 again wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said give us water that we may drink and Moses said unto them why chide you with me wherefore do you tempt the Lord look at verse number 7 verse number 7 he called the, he called the name that place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not so it was a demonstration of their lack of faith in God Sometimes we act like, no, no, look up here for a minute. Sometimes we act like God's not even around. Sometimes we act like God's not up there and alive. But He is. And many times when things happen in our life, instead of going directly to Him, uh, we run to whoever might uh, give us an ear. When they can't help our problem at all when they can't do anything for us at all. Come on, when the problem's so big that nobody can fix it except God. Amen. <clears throat> One author wrote this. I, I thought it was very good. I'm going to read it to you. He said this. All our dissatisfaction shows is that we are disappointed with God. To put it another way, all our complaints go straight to the top where God rules the universe by his sovereign power whatever the reason for our discontent what it, what it really shows is that we are not satisfied with what God has given us this is a great sin he goes on it is not wrong to take our troubles to God talking them over with him in prayer in fact the bible encourages us to be honest about our doubts and difficulties but God does not accept open revolt against his holy will or the refusal to trust in his perfect word So these people, they're going to Moses and chiding and they're murmuring and doing all these things. But ultimately, God is the one that led them there. Come on, God delivered them out of Egypt. Somebody say amen right there. And they've been following the man that God put over them. And he's led them to this place. God has led them to this place. And then they start their chiding and murmuring and all these things. And ultimately, come on, ultimately, even though it was pointed at Moses, ultimately they were talking to God. And saying, God, we don't. I can't believe that you just brought us out here to die. Now ultimately, all the complaints were going straight up to the head man. Because these people didn't like where God had them. And the situation they were in. And really what they should have been doing is falling on their face. And talking to God about all these things. Instead of one another or griping at Moses, or whatever the case may be. So Moses responded to this escalating crisis with prayer. What he did, he he had no place to go. So he turned to God for an answer. Uh, And God told him how to fix the problem. He told him what to do. Verse number four, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What? What shall I do unto this people? Uh, They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take uh, with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod, Wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may uh, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and we know that water came. So God's answer to the problem was provided. Uh, through a smitten rock, just like our problem was provided. Yeah, was yeah, was <laughs> the answer to our problem was provided through a smitten rock, also, and that rock was Christ. Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> the smitten rock was always a part of God's plan we know that come on come on come on come on when moses came to him and said what am i supposed to do with these people it wasn't like god said i don't know can can you give me a day to try to figure it out that's not the way god operates he already had it all figured out He, he put them there listen to me listen to me he put them there so that they might see that spiritually they weren't where they needed to be because they were not trusting god Come on, it was brought out by the hot water instant, wasn't it? They were not trusting God. They were still looking to man for the answers. Amen. So God put them in this place to show them something. Anyway, so Moses was instructed of God to go to the rock in Horeb. taking the elders of Israel with him to witness this miracle that was to come when all the water came gushing out of the rock for that many people. And Moses was to take his rod. His rod was that constant reminder of his dependence upon God to do the mighty works required to deliver and provide for God's people. Come on, remember when it all started? And, and the Lord said, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. He said, cast it down. And he did. And it became a serpent. You know, come on. I, if I'd have been Moses, I'd have run like crazy. But that rod has been a constant reminder of what God can do when God wants to do something. Been a reminder all along. So he had to take this rod, uh, strike the rock, and and trust God. I love this. And trust God to deliver on his promises to give them water out of that rock. He was trusting God. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, so you're Moses, and Moses said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that rod that you have, go over to Horb. There's a rock over there. I just want you to hit that rock over there, and I'm going to give water. And you're so spiritual, you'd have been, oh, yes, yes, yes. I know without a doubt, everything's going to be fine. I will smite that rock. Water will come out. Everything's going to be great. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay, the people are saying, hey, Moses, we need some water. Uh, okay, I got some, I, I, I've got this plan from God. We're going to go over here to this rock. <laughs> oh, oh wait, 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 wait! Moses, you're got, what, you, what? You're going to do what? We're going to go. with a rock. A, 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 how do you think we're going to get water from a rock? Well, I, no, no, it's okay. I've got this wooden staff right here, and we're going to go to the rock, and I plan to hit that rock with my staff. Oh come on! Can't you hear him? Oh, you're gonna okay. And and uh, um and so well, when I do, when I finally uh, hit the hit the hit the rock with my staff, when I finally do, water's going to come out of the rock. Okay. Do you think any of them were looking at him oddly? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Moses. That sounds like a most ridiculous plan to me. And Moses made, oh, you know, I I, I have to agree. It sounds like a ridiculous plan. And it probably would be completely hopeless if God hadn't been the one to tell me to do it. We can trust His Word. If He says something, it will happen. If He directs us, it's the right way to go if he tells us to start something we need to start something if he tells us to stop something we need to stop something his way is always the best way yeah. and and no no and many times we read the bible or we hear the preaching and teaching of his word and it's like well i just don't know that just don't make any sense to me doesn't matter if it makes any sense to you whatsoever if god said it it's right and we should do it amen yeah. Okay, Moses, take your stick over and hit that rock. Uh, Oh, uh, okay. All he did, listen to me, was be obedient to God's Word. Well, I know, preacher, but that's... (laughs) You know, that's a long time ago, you know. And, you know, things are just different. Things are just different today. Things, uh, God's not different. He's not different at all. No, he has not changed one iota. Not at all. Um, what he says still comes to pass. And we know that the smitten rock was a picture or a type of, of Jesus Christ. We read that over in 1 Corinthians 10 already. The, the main problem to be resolved... The main problem to be resolved in Rephidim was not the problem of thirst. The main problem to be resolved at Rephidim was sin. The sin of unbelief. Oh, come on. Unbelief of what God says is sin. Okay, you don't like that. But it doesn't matter. Because unbelief of what God says is sin it's sin without faith it's impossible to please him and when we don't trust god when we don't believe god it's sin it's sin the problem with them is that no 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 the problem with them the problem there was was sin the thirst of the people of israel did not uh did not reveal the Shortcomings of ref- Rephidim so much as it revealed the sinfulness of their heart. Well, God's just not working the way that I want Him to work. Um, he doesn't have to work the way you want Him to work. He works the way He wants to work. According to me reading my New Testament, uh, we're supposed to get to a place where we are uh, content with that. Where we're trusting God no matter what's going on in our life. Come on, at any given time. It doesn't mean we're always real happy with everything that goes on, but we can still be content with those things that go on. And no, no, and, and instead of it pushing us to gripe and moan and whine and complain and murmur, all those things, it should drive us to our knees to talk to our holy God. That has the answer to whatever we might be facing. And listen, if he doesn't give us an immediate answer, the answer that we want, it very well could be that he's trying to teach you something. And I can't speak for everybody sitting out here, but your pastor's a hard head. And there's been times that he's had to put me in situations that it took a while to drive stuff through my hard head. But, no, no, but when we do yield to Him in that way, I mean, He will teach us. We're trusting Him. We're believing Him. No, 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 I mean, we are, Lord... Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Come on. I mean, God is just trying to mold us and make us and shape us into the image of his precious son. And I'm telling you, along the way, he has to knock some stuff off. Along the way, he has to change our own direction, doesn't he? To his direction, he has to do those things. And sometimes he puts us in difficult situations that we would yield to him and go the way that he would have us to go. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love us, he loves us more than we understand. he cares and he knows what he's trying to do in our life whether we understand it or not he knows what he's trying to do in our life and we just need to be yielded to him and learn to be content lord i don't know what you're trying to show me but if you will if you will if you will help me i want to be what you would have me to be instead of Blowing our top, or griping, or moaning, and whining, and complaining. I just don't know why God is doing this. I don't know why God is doing that. I don't know, and I don't know, and I don't know. That's right, you don't know. But it's okay not to know as long as you're trusting Him. As long as you're waiting on Him. As long as you're letting Him have His way in your life. The, the the people's chiding and murmuring and blaming it revealed that more than they needed water they needed to be changed they, no no they needed a, their their problem was a heart problem and they needed their heart changed come on ladies and gentlemen how much around here how much around here do i talk about the condition of our heart We get in a hot water situation that shows the condition of our heart. Amen. And yes, God cares about the outside. And we, I'm not even going to start to get in that. But more than that, God cares about the condition of our heart. What's going on in here? Come on, how we're going to act or react to things that happen in our life. God wants us to be Christ like. You can't read the Bible and get anything else out of it. That's what he wants. God has many ways of solving the problem of thirst, but he only has one way of solving the problem of sin. That's why the rock was smitten it pictured Jesus delivering us from a far greater danger of dying of our sin than dying of thirst. And if you're sitting in here tonight and you're saved by the grace of God, He just wants to continue to deal with your sin. To try to get you to that place that you're content with what He is doing in your life at any given point. And the only way that we that 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 sin can be dealt with is when we acknowledge our sin and we're willing to repent. I, I still like that word. That's a good Bible word right there. We're willing to repent of said sin. Well, preacher I confess my sin it's, we're, we're, we're supposed to confess our sin but not without repentance because confession without repentance uh, yields nothing there has to be the repentance Lord I, I don't want to do this anymore correct me help me guide me change me change my heart Lord, no, 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 no. Lord, help me to drop all of my pride and just to decide to decide to do whatever I need to do to be right with you. Not worried about what anybody else thinks about it. Not worried about what I'll have to give up. Not worried about what I'll have to start doing. Are you all still with me tonight? God wants to change us. while we may rejoice in God's ability to supply all our needs the the one need that we share in common with everyone is the need of God's deliverance from sin and its effects upon our lives and he's here to help us with that I said God's always here to help us with that always here if we'll listen to him and we'll obey him he's here to help us with those things there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from this account we can be reminded of our need to be delivered from the sin of griping and complaining every time life doesn't go the way that we think it should it really is it really is no stay with me we we're write it down it really is a faith come on Brian. it really is a faithless response Riping and complaining every time something doesn't work out just the way we want it. It really is a very faithless response uh, that demonstrates our need to be willing to trust and wait on God, no matter what we're facing in our life. But if we look to ourselves to overcome that sin, we'll fail. No, I'm going to say that again, okay? If we are looking to ourselves to overcome that sin, while I'm going to turn over a new leaf, if we are looking to ourselves to overcome that sin, we will fail. God is the one that gives us victory. God is the one that changes our life. Any good thing about Bill Marshall is what It it, it can only, mm, God gets all the credit for it. Because I know me too well. And the answer is not in us. But in the grace of God that comes to us through Jesus Christ. The smitten Son of God. The one that was smitten for our sin. His atoning death not only secures our forgiveness of sin, but it also provides for our freedom from sin. We can't overcome things in our life. we 're allowing God to work. The lack of water revealed uh, how greatly the children of israel still needed to grow in faith and, and move forward on the path of sanctification. <clears throat> and, 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 and I believe that God graciously exposed their sinfulness so that He could point them to the answer He would provide through His Son. Would to God that He would help us to remember that very thing the next time that His path for our lives leads us into a desert place like Rephidim. Some place we may not understand. Some trial in our life. What we need to do is we need to quit uh, blame shifting or looking for answers on our own what we need to do is look to God and listen to God and obey God He still has the answers for everything that happens in our life He does and we can trust Him and we need to run to Him a lot more than we run to others others Next time you have a problem, don't put it on Facebook. Get on your face and then get in the book. I'm telling you, it's life changer. Absolutely a life changer. Let's all stand. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your goodness, mercy and grace thank you Lord for your precious son the Lord Jesus Christ thank you for how you work in our hearts and work in our lives as we yield to you as we, just, as we openly admit that we have problems and we yield to you and come to you the one that can deal and work with us about our problems you can do miraculous things and you love us Lord you love us and you want to help us. I don't know how, how you may have spoken to hearts tonight. You may have spoken to someone about things that I never even mentioned. Lord, I don't know what the needs are, but we pray in these next few minutes as we open up the altar that folks would just do business with you. Lord, they'd put more faith and trust in you. Father, that you would help us to be content in our life as you continue to work and do those things which only you can do. And we pray for those in here who may not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, Lord, that you would deal with them, draw them to yourself. Only you can do that. Lord, we pray that your will would be done these next few minutes as we open the altar. And we thank you for your goodness. we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The going to play. Many have already made their way to the altar. You need to come tonight. We'll not take long. We'll not take long. I don't want to beg you down the aisle.